Everyone keeps talking about how Encanto doesn't have a villain. Well, everyone is wrong. Dolores is the villain of Encanto, and I'm about to prove it. Welcome to Film Theory, where I'm doing this video to justify the hundreds of hours of my life I've spent watching Encanto. That's not even an exaggeration, Encanto is my three-year-old Ollie's first ever movie obsession. Excellent choice on his part, couldn't be prouder. But if you know how three-year-olds work, you know that it means I've watched this thing so many times that I'm approaching the heat death of the universe. Everyone is his favorite character, every song is his favorite song, and at this point I've had to explain the cracks in Casita so many times that the kid is well on his way to becoming a structural engineer. I don't quite have the heart to tell him that hugs won't repair drywall. We'll have to save that lesson until he turns four. <laughs> Obviously I'm joking. Casita isn't made of drywall, but rather a combination of stone, bamboo, and clay in the traditional Latin American construction style called Baharac. You can actually see the bamboo structure here while Mirabelle chases Bruno through the walls. That said, when Casita collapses, you don't actually see any of the bamboo, or really any of the interior structural components of the house. Instead, it's just a lot of stone and plaster. Where did the inside of this house go, Disney? Could it be Casita's magic? Could it be secret hidden lore? Could it be that I've watched this movie one too many times? Yes, definitely the last one. As you might have figured out, around watch 37, I started to notice some crazy details inside this thing to help keep me sane. Like here, where Tia Peppa covers the ears of a stuffed teddy bear while she's talking about he who shall not be named. Or here, where it looks like they gave Mirabelle's father some hidden Mickey ears. Or how the closing song literally brings together every other song from the show while also giving me some strong spring awakening vibes. But the stars don't shine, they burn. All the things his of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that Luisa's Coliseum is filled with donkeys cheering her on. And of course, I have to get this rant off my chest, but when Mirabelle climbs to the top of Bruno's room, what she's climbing on doesn't actually exist in the overhead shot. You can actually tell based on her angle relative to the door that she's supposedly facing. And don't even get me started on how there's nothing for her to anchor her swing from, and that her swing's momentum doesn't match the angle of her landing. You can tell that this was probably at one point a montage that was cut down to one final swing in the final release. Just saying, the Bruno's room scene really bothered me. But of everything in this movie, no character has quite as many interesting animation details as Dolores. Like here in We Don't Talk About Bruno, where the fish girl, the only non-family member in the lineup, gets replaced in the dancing with Dolores. So weird detail, right? Probably some leftover element from the production. But what's really interesting are Dolores' character details. Like here, where she's forced to cover her ears when the fireworks start going off because of her super hearing. Or here, where she claps using only two fingers because, again, doing more than that would hurt her ears. Or here, where she casts an evil side eye to her cousin Isabella. Hold on, what? That sort of a passive-aggressive look isn't something that I would expect to see out of a sweet, unassuming character like Dolores. I mean, this is a character that a ton of people stand for being the unsung hero of the family. But then I did what I tend to do. I dug a bit deeper, and I really started to think about what we see and hear from Dolores throughout this movie. And bit by bit, the pieces started to add up. Dolores is actively working against the family. She is miserable. She is sick of getting passed over, and she's weaponizing Mirabelle in order to sabotage the family and extinguish the miracle. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that an uncomfortable truth? Well, I just have one thing to say to that. <laughs> Let's start off with some of the details I already mentioned about Dolores' gift. We're told in the opening song that because of her super gift of hearing, she... Can you
and it doesn't seem to be much of an exaggeration, as we see that she's able to hear conversations happening elsewhere in town, likely behind closed doors. Dolores, do we have a date? Tonight. He wants five babies. And while that seems like it'd be a cool power in theory, in actual practice, this thing would be miserable. Her sound sensitivity doesn't seem like it's able to turn off as it makes her actively recoil when things like fireworks go off around her. As a result, we see that she's constantly hearing information that she doesn't want to be picking up. No one has to know. It's also something that scientifically would slowly be driving her insane. You see, the amygdala is this little group of neurons roughly in the center of the brain that helps us with emotional responses, specifically when processing fear responses. When she cowers because of those fireworks, boom! Big ol' shot of amygdala activity as her fight or flight response kicks in. Because those sorts of jarring sounds are important for a human's survival, they tend to jump the line, so to speak, when it comes to processing. It's actually believed that that's one of the reasons why the amygdala is in the center of the brain. It gives it close proximity to all the other important functions of the brain, again, to jumpstart our survival instinct. The thing is, because Dolores' hearing is so good, she would actually be inundated with these sorts of inputs all the time, experiencing a constant sensory overload. We're talking about someone who can literally hear an eye twitching from a completely different room of the house. The only one worried about the magic is you, and the rats talking in the walls. Oh, and Luisa, I heard her eye twitching all night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Her life spent hearing everything in the town and walls around her would be miserable. She'd barely be able to focus on anything or get a night's rest. But it's a blessing, it can't be that bad. These powers are meant to be a miracle, I hear you saying, and sure, some of the powers are admittedly really cool, but Dolores, Tia Peppa, and Bruno, well, they got the short end of the stick on that one. Healing with food, great. Super strength, awesome. Controlling the weather, fine, in theory, but having your own private rain cloud follow you around while you're in a bad mood? They're by making your bad mood even worse? Yeah, that's gonna suck. And it's worth remembering, Tia Peppa is Dolores' mom. Bad powers just seem to run on that side of the family, I guess. Bruno, meanwhile, got himself a gift that literally gets the entire town to hate him and has affected him mentally to such a degree that he feels like he must constantly perform superstitious luck rituals. That is not a blessing. Also, can we just talk about Bruno's room? The giant cliffside of stone, a room that was, again, bestowed upon him by the miracle. Yeah, that sucks too. Even the movie acknowledges is this one. I, I left my tower, which was, you know, a lot of stairs, and, uh... And Dolores? Well, as we discussed, while everyone else is clapping and watching fireworks, she's waving her fingers around and covering her ears. When everyone else is peacefully eating dinner, she's forced to listen to her unrequited love talk about his proposal plans. Her life sucks. While Mirabelle feels sad about not being special in her super-powered family, Dolores has it so much worse, because she has powers that actively work against her living a happy life. If saving herself and her mother, Tia Peppa from these miserable, cursed powers isn't a motive to try and end the family's magic, I don't know what is. Oh wait, I do know another motive for Dolores. In addition to, you know, getting herself out of the immense sensory overload that she's constantly being subjected to, destroying the magic also might help with the whole unrequited love thing. In We Don't Talk About Bruno, we learned that Bruno's prediction for Dolores was that, that the man of my dreams Mariano would be just out of reach, be to another. 
aka Isabella. It's likely that Dolores could want to destroy the family's magic in an effort to either A, derail Bruno's prediction, or B, sabotage the engagement with Isabella, thereby allowing Mariano to be free for her. I mean, we see how eager she is to scoop him up when he becomes a free agent at the end of the movie. Have you met Dolores? Okay, I'll take it from here, goodbye. But working against the family to do it? seems like a bit much, right? Wrong. Let's actually go back to the moment that I mentioned in the intro, her evil side-eye to Isabella. When asked whether there's a date for Mariano's proposal, we get this. Dolores, do we have a date? Tonight. He wants five babies. In this one look, we actually get a huge revelation about Dolores' motivations in this movie. She's not just sad about Mariano marrying someone else, she actively resents Isabella's relationship with him. In fact, the way I see it, she might have even made up the whole he wants five kids line in order to freak Isabella out, maybe even scare her away. It does seem to have quite the impact. And if you think, well, that's too sinister of a move for her, really it's not. From the opening moments of the movie, Dolores is established to be very self-serving. When the children of the town are harassing Mirabelle about her gift, something that Mirabelle is clearly uncomfortable admitting based on her whole song and dance trying to deflect away from their questions, Dolores just pops out and exposes her with nothing but a shrug. Later, when Mirabelle's trying to hype Dolores up with Mariano, she literally just shoves her out of the way. And that's just the petty stuff. What about all the times that she actively goes out of her way to explicitly sabotage members of her family? Look at the information that she does and doesn't choose to withhold in the movie. At the proposal dinner, it's Dolores. Loris, who decides to start the chain of events that makes the night into a mess. Despite knowing the chaos that it would cause, she actively passes on the information about Mirabelle finding the vision, the first opportunity that she gets. And instead of staying quiet, at the climax of the meal, she blurts it out. Yeah, man, Bruno's vision, she's in it, she's gonna destroy the magic and now we're all why? Why would she do this? Because she's a gossip that has no self-control? No, that's not a good enough reason. In fact, the movie tells us exactly what's going on a couple minutes prior. Go back to the lyrics of We Don't Talk About Bruno. In the final round, while everyone's singing a reprise of their earlier verses, it's tricky to make out Dolores' lyric, but her words actively change from the first time she sang it. The first time it goes, He told me the man of my dreams would be just out of reach, betrothed to another. It's like I hear him now. But when she sings it again, it changes. He told me the man of my dreams would be just out of reach, betrothed to another, another, and I'm fine, and I'm fine, and I'm fine, and I'm fine. She repeats it four times. Something tells me that she's not actually fine going into that dinner. And while she's more than eager to share that bit of information with the family to ruin the proposal dinner, look at what information she chooses to withhold from everyone. She doesn't stick up for Mirabelle the first time the cracks appear. Again, this is someone who can literally hear an eye twitching, and yet she doesn't hear any of the cracks that that have been forming in the house since Bruno left and since Mirabelle's failed gifting ceremony, that is frankly not possible. It means that she's willfully hiding that information. And speaking of willfully hiding information, Bruno in the walls. While the rest of the family thinks that he disappeared or ran away, Dolores knows that he's been hiding in the walls for years. Yo, I knew he never left, I heard him every day. And yet again, she never reveals that information to anyone. A human being, her own family member, is living in the walls of her house and she she does nothing about it. My guess is that it's because he's the one who predicted that she'd suffer and be overlooked. But regardless the reason, you gotta admit, that is cold. But do you want the biggest proof that this is intentional, not just me overthinking some random moments in the movie? Look at the final door. When Casita collapses, everyone loses their powers. And all of a sudden, Dolores' life is on the up and up. She and her mother no longer have to deal with their awful curse powers. She's finally able to be seen by the man of her dreams. Dolores, I see you. 
And I hear you. But then, after they rebuild Casita, the Madrigals get a new door that depicts the entire family excited that the magic has returned. Everyone is happy in this door picture with an upturned mouth. Everyone, except for Dolores, eyes downcast and literally the only person without an upturned mouth. It is weird. It is a really strange detail in a series of strange details all around this character. Here's the TLDR, friends. Dolores is old enough to know about Bruno's prediction. In fact, she knows that Mirabelle is somehow connected to all the cracks in the walls, and that the family is scared of Mirabelle killing the miracle. And knowing that, notice who knocks over the first domino? Dolores. She's the one that points Mirabelle in the direction of Luisa. She's the one that continues to sow family discord by dropping truth bombs during important dinners. She's the one actively concealing the cracks while also covering up family members living in the walls. She's the one made miserable by her power and the one forced to live in jealousy of her cousin. And she's the one, the only one, to look sad on the final door when everyone's powers return. In storytelling, a villain is a character whose actions oppose the positive resolution of the plot. Everything Dolores does and doesn't do throughout the movie actively drives more cracks into the house and goes to extinguish the miracle. If that, my friends, isn't a villain, I don't know what is. And that, theorists, is how the casita crumbles. But hey, that's just a theory. A film theory. And...